Well, hey, Momentum Online, welcome to our series, All In. And as we get started today, I've got a question I want to ask you. Have you ever gone all in on a bad bet? Have you ever thought that the world was gonna go one way and you were like, oh, I know this is a good idea, I'm gonna put all my chips in, I'm gonna do all this, and then it blows up in your face. Have you ever bought a house right before the market crashed? Have you ever told your friends, man, I know that this girl is the one. And then two days later, she texts you, hey, we need to talk. Have you ever had a situation come in where you're like, this is going to be the most amazing job. And you turn down a couple of other offers and you take the job at this new company. And then six months later, everybody gets laid off. Have you ever gone all in and it just didn't work out for you? Have you ever thought that life was going to be headed in a certain direction and it just doesn't. You thought it was going right and you took a hard left turn. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation, you find yourself in a place and you're like, what do I do now? Honestly, what, what has the last two years been if not that? Hey guys, life is gonna go a certain way. We're gonna, it's gonna be a certain thing. We're gonna go after these goals and these dreams. And then all of a sudden for two years we get COVID and we get life going in a way we never expected. What do you do when you go all in and all in doesn't turn out to be what you think it would be? Today, what I want to do is I want to walk through the exact same situation in the life of Peter. Peter had this happen, this very thing happen to him. He thought things were going to go one way. He was all prepared for things to go a certain way and it blows up in his face and he doesn't know what to do. And as we look at the life of Peter today, I think we're going to find some things that are going to help us in the current season many of us find ourselves in today. And so let me just give you a little bit of background before we dive in. Peter was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. Peter had started a fishing business with a couple of the other disciples. They were busy being fishermen when Jesus found them, came to them and said, hey, come follow me. So, so Peter leaves behind his fishing business and decides to follow Jesus. And for three and a half years, Peter is one of Jesus's closest friends, one of his most dedicated disciples. There's several times in scriptures where it talks about other people being like, man, this is too hard and I gotta leave and following Jesus is just not worth it. And each time Peter doubles down and he keeps saying, no, no matter what anybody else does, I'm sticking with Jesus. Even when it got hard, even when thousands of people said, I'm not doing this, I'm not following Jesus anymore. Peter was there. He had an idea of what this was going to look like and how it was all going to go. And Peter sticks with Jesus. And it, it comes to a head the night that Jesus gets arrested. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's Peter and John and some of the disciples and they've fallen asleep because it's late at night and Jesus is praying because Jesus knows what's about to happen. And some guards come and Peter's like, okay, this is the moment. It's the Jesus and us versus Rome versus the authorities versus the, the Jewish system of religion. He's like, we're here now. This is the moment we've been waiting for. We're going to go all in. We're going to have this fight. And then Jesus is going to be king and we're going to do this thing. And here's what actually happens. Looking at uh, John chapter 18. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, 
Remember, they're surrounded by guards. They're surrounded by Roman soldiers. They're surrounded by the high priest's servants. Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The battle's begun. He's ready to go. He's ready to start. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Peter doesn't know what to do now. Peter was ready to go down swinging. He's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, we're either going to win or I'm going to go down fighting. But either way, this is the moment. I'm going all in. And Jesus does something that Peter had no category for. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm surrendering. I'm not fighting back in this moment. I'm going to go with him. And Peter does not know what to do. All of a sudden, everything that he thought that this, this had been building towards, everything that he thought this had been leading towards, is now all of a sudden gone. And Peter is left confused. It goes on. Then seizing him, talking about Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. He's still trying to figure out what's going on. And when, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, talking about Peter, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw Peter and said, you are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Basically what's happening is here is like, hey, look, I can tell by your accent that you're a Galilean. We know it's Jesus from Galilee. You, you've got to be one of the guys that was with him. Peter replied, man, I do not know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Jesus makes eye contact with Peter across the courtyard. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken before the rooster crows today you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Peter was ready to go all in. He was ready to go down swinging. He was ready to die when he thought things were going to go a certain way. And when it did not go that way, he did not know what to do. He got confused. He got scared. And he walked away from everything he swore he would never walk away from. He had told Jesus earlier that evening, before this all began, he's like, Jesus, I don't care how many people turn away. I'm with you to the end. And when the end turned out to be different than what Peter expected, Peter walked away. And he finds himself in this moment where he goes and he weeps bitterly. He reached a crisis moment in his journey. He doesn't know what to do. He looks around and none of the options are good. He was ready to die. But he didn't know how to live in this situation. Wait a second. Jesus is, is getting captured and we're not fighting. It doesn't look like Jesus is getting ready to overthrow anything. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I feel stuck. I, I better protect myself. I, you know, they're asking me questions. I don't know how to answer because if we were going to fight, I knew what to do. But if we're not going to fight, I don't know what to do. And he denies Jesus not once, not twice, three times. And then he realizes what he's done and he goes away and he weeps bitterly. And for the next week or so, Peter is stuck in a limbo. Jesus is executed. And for three days, Peter's like, 
life is over. Even when Jesus rises from the grave, Peter doesn't know what to do with this. I mean, yeah, he's happy. He's great. But every time Jesus appears to him, he's like, oh, that, that's the Lord. But I, I don't know what to do. What do, what do I do in this situation? What, what, what's going on? Like, are we getting the gang back together? Or, you know, like, what's happening? And after about a week or two, Peter finds himself once again just kind of stuck, just kind of sitting there. Jesus isn't around. He doesn't know where Jesus is. And he's just figuring, trying to figure out life. And look what it says. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples. Oh, let me slow, slow back up there. Yeah. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Basically, most of the disciples were still hanging out together. What, look what Simon Peter says he's going to do. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Peter's like, you know what I used to do? I used to be a fisherman. Before all this got started, before everything went up and then it went down and it crashed, I used to be a fisherman. Maybe I can go back and do that again. It's something I know. It's something I'm familiar with. He's talking to his disciples. They don't know what to do. Sure, guys, let's, let's go back in time. Let's go back to what used to be. Let's do that. The story, though, continues. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? They've been fishing all night. They haven't caught anything. No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. This parallels what happened when Peter first came to Jesus three and a half years earlier. This exact same thing had happened. Peter had gone out fishing. They hadn't caught anything. Jesus tells him, hey, try on the other side of your boat. And Peter's like, okay, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm talking about, but sure, whatever. Does it, catches a ton of fish. And now three and a half years later, the same story is playing out. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around, it, around him, for he'd taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals with fish on it and some bread. Jesus has made them some breakfast. Now, let's just pause here for a second because I want to point out something. Not that long ago, just a few days prior, Jesus had risen from the dead, okay? Jesus has conquered sin, death, shame. Jesus has all the power and authority of the universe within him. Jesus is the most powerful. He's just completed the most single significant event in human history. There is nothing more powerful right now than Jesus. He has ushered in the kingdom of God. And he's spending his time making his friends who are confused some breakfast. He's using all of that power and authority to fry up some fish and bake some bread. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to them, Simon, said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Do you see what Jesus is doing here? He knows Simon Peter is confused. He knows Peter feels horrible about what Peter had done. He knows he's stuck. He knows he doesn't know, do I really belong? Like, or, and if I do belong, what is it that I even belong to? I don't know what to do in this situation. I just feel off. And Jesus walks him back into belonging. Jesus says, okay, hey, how many times did you deny me, Peter? Three? Okay. I'm giving you a chance to recant each one of those. I'm giving you a chance to each to, for each denial, you get to have an affirmation. Yes, Lord, I love you. He's walking Peter back into his purpose. He says, Peter, 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 look, look. Your future is not in going back to once you, what you used to know. Your future is not in being a fisherman once again. I know that's safe and I know that's easy and I know it's something you know. But Peter, you belong here and you have an assignment and you have a purpose and you have a bigger story that's waiting for you. And so we're going to acknowledge the pain. We're going to acknowledge the hurt. We're going to acknowledge the things that did not go well. And then we're going to get back to the business of being about something you don't even comprehend yet. I tell you these stories of Peter today because I think for so many of us, this is where we find ourselves after the last few years. We thought life was going to go one way. We thought we were going to be in a season. We thought we were going to be making more progress. We thought a million different things. And right now we're playing scared. We're trying to just simply go back to 2018 or 2017. We're trying to go back to a year before COVID or before everything got screwy and haywire. And we're afraid. And it makes complete and total sense. You don't get prepped for a global pandemic that happens once every hundred years. You don't get prepped for the stock market to do one thing and your job to do another. And you, you, there's not a manual for that. It makes sense that we're confused being like, ah, I don't know what to do. But look at what Jesus does with Peter. And I think if we look at this and apply it to ourselves, we're going to find that there's a lot of things we can do here. And here's the first one. Step one, have breakfast with Jesus. And what do I mean by this? I mean literally spend daily time with him. One of the crazy things that, I, that I've seen happen over the last couple of years is people are like, man, my life is so chaotic. My life is so, so busy or so uncertain right now. And I'll be like, hey, tell me about what, what, what your time with Jesus looks like. And I'm like, oh, I'm too busy for that. And in my mind, what I'm thinking is you're telling me that you're having problems breathing and then you just cut off your oxygen supply. Jesus is the thing that helps ground us. Jesus is the thing that helps in all of the chaos and all of the, the worry, the thing that gives us life. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, this is the words that Jesus told to the people. He said, come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened. Anyone feeling weary out there? Anyone feeling burdened? Yeah. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And what is the, what's the promise? And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The promise that Jesus, the exchange Jesus wants to make with you is, hey, as you ground your life in me, you will find the rest and the peace that you've been looking for. And so for so many of us, the very thing we need to do is what Peter did. Just simply go have breakfast with Jesus. Be checking in on a regular daily basis. Ground your life in him. Because if you try to do all of this on your own, it's going to stay confusing. It's going to stay out of all these directions. I don't know where to go. It's going to stay someplace stuck in the past. Step two, acknowledge the pain. What I love about this interaction between Peter and Jesus is that Jesus didn't try to pretend that nothing had happened. When he's asking Peter three times, do you love me? It's clear and obvious that there's this tension between them. It's clear that there's this unease between them. It's clear that, that Jesus remembers, hey, yeah, you did deny me three times. Jesus is giving Peter the chance to acknowledge that something was broken between them. Now, here's the, here's the, uh, the application for us. What has happened over the last couple of years that's been broken inside you? What dream died? What's, what scenario did not play out? What hope was shattered? Name it, acknowledge it, let yourself heal from it. You do not have to pretend it didn't happen. You do not have to pretend it wasn't painful. But if you try to bury it and hide it, it's going to keep you stuck in the past. You're not going to be able to move forward if, as long as the past is a, something that controls you. I can't remember where I first heard this, but I think it's a great saying. It's that the past is a good place to visit, but it's a horrible place to live. So visit back into those things that did cause pain, but don't live there. Step three, and this, this kind of goes with it, is remember who you are. In this exchange that Peter and uh, J Jesus are having, Jesus keeps saying, hey, do you love me? And then he keeps saying variations, you know, feed my lamb, feed my sheep, take care of my sheep. He keeps saying these things over and over because he's reminding Peter, Peter, you wanted to go back and just be a fisherman. You went back out on the boat, and I understand why, it's what you knew, but that's not who you are. It might be who you used to be, but that's not who you are now. You are someone who's been called to lead and shepherd and love others well. And, and Jesus keeps reminding him of his identity. In fact, I love, Peter took these words so much to heart that many years later, he's writing a letter to some Jesus followers and he says, in 1 Peter chapter two, he, he says to them, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who have called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And for so many of us, we need to remember who we are. The last couple of years have caused us to hunker down, to focus in only on ourselves, to forget the fact that we are called to be a people full of light, full of love, full of hope, that we are to be the ones that shine bright in a dark world. That is our true identity. And whatever situations that have been beating us up over the last couple of years, those are the situations, but those are not our, our identity. I love how Jesus restores Peter and keeps reminding him over and over and over again. This is who you are. 
You are not the mistake you made. You are not the situation that happened. And yeah, you thought life was going to go this way, and when it didn't, you didn't know what to do, but that's okay because there is still life ahead of you, even if it didn't turn out the way you thought. And then finally, step four, go all in on the future God has for you. As Jesus restores Peter, Peter doesn't know all the chapters that are about to happen in his life. He doesn't know that the good times are going to be even more spectacular and amazing than some of the ones in the past. He doesn't know about the new relationships he's going to develop. He doesn't know about the new people he's going to see come to Christ. At that moment, on that beach, Peter could easily have just been wanting to live in the past. Hey, Jesus, can't it just be me, you, and the disciples, you know, and we're going to see you do some miracles, and it's going to be fun, and we're going to go from town to town, and you're going to do some healings, and it's going to be like, you know, I like being in your entourage. Peter could have easily just wanted to stay in the past. Jesus challenges him, no, you need to step into your future. And we're all sitting here today thankful that Peter did, because if Peter hadn't stepped into his future, Gentiles, which is basically everyone who's not Jewish, would have never gotten to be a part of the kingdom of God, or what we call the church, Peter was the one that made the way for that to happen. Peter's the one who vouched for it and said, hey guys, this thing can't just stay with us anymore. This thing is global. This thing is worldwide. This is for everybody. And we get to be a part of that story today because Peter stepped into his future. There are moments where Peter gets to do some miraculous healings. There are some moments where Peter gets to be a part of some amazing decisions. There are moments where Peter starts to get to travel the world. But at that moment on that beach, Peter did not know any of that. He simply had to trust that when Jesus invited him into a new future, that Jesus knew what he was talking about. And that's my challenge for us today as well. Step all into the future God has for you. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's on the other side. I do know that God is good. I do know that the plans and the hopes and the dreams that he has for you are better than trying to go backwards in time. I do know that there are things out there that there are relationships you have yet to discover. There are friendships you have yet to find. There are dreams that you have yet to dream. And I get it. It is sad to let old dreams die. But if we don't let the old dreams die, we can't embrace the new ones. And there is a world out there that is desperately in need of a church that will love people well, that is not so consumed with their own past, but is ready to embrace and love the people around them. Look at what Jesus told Peter Every single time, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Our future is in our ability to love others well. But we can't love others well if we haven't spent that breakfast time with Jesus, if we haven't dealt with our own pain, if we haven't remembered who we are. If we don't do those things, we can't step into the future. And if we don't step into the future, what hope is there for the world? The church is the body of Christ and what this world is desperately in need of right now. This is something that all of you know is a large group of people willing to say, hey, you've got pain, come here. We can handle it. You've got confusion. Yes, so did we. We can handle it. You've got some issues. Yes, so do we. We can handle it because we have Jesus and we have space for you. And so my challenge for all of us today is to go all in on the future Jesus has for you. Do those things. Spend time with Jesus. Acknowledge your pain. Remember who you are. And then step all into the future God has for you. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week.